saluto a tutti. What's up everybody? Welcome back to the AJC. Another victory Sunday show and we got uh, a good good amount of the crew here just missing a couple. Um but yeah, we're probably better off without. Yeah, that's right Cappuccino. That's right Luca. Still in the fetal position in bed sucking their thumbs, all right? Now, we got Lou. We got Lex. We got Lucci down there in Florida. What time you get some sun on that, man? Jesus. Team player. Yeah. Too white. They've been complaining about the shade down there in Florida for days, probably from that chin, buddy. How you doing, brother? <laughs> I don't care, you're homeless. Huh? Quinn. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Lucci. Then we got Omar. Omar's kicking off New Year's celebrations, I think, right out of the gate here. Probably the first one based on uh, time goblet. zones. Nice to see. Nice to see. Everybody happy here. <laughs> happy New Year, everyone. Oh, yeah. Alex throwing, uh, catching some strays there for Lucci there. <laughs> Wondering why he's not in an actual spot. That's great. That's great. Guys, this is uh, a big, big win, okay, over Roma. We had to get the job done. We did get the job done. And now... I see a lot starting to change their tune around this team and whatnot, so we're going to have some fun covering that match, but more so talking about Juventus in general. Um, because five points, four points, whatever, still a two match, but to make it two points, we said this one was crucial for that Scudetto drive and that actual belief. So we're going to talk about uh, opinions because obviously... Guys like Lou who do so much for our news on the platforms you follow. You guys always give Lou some love, but he doesn't get to get on here enough. Okay, enough as we like to see him. But we got to start asking the question, you know, has anyone changed their stance and now actually starting to uh, believe in this Scudetto push? So I'm going to start off with Lou. Lou, have you kind of changed your tone about this team from the beginning till now? Uh, yes, I team is, uh, they have surprised me a ton this year. I mean, they're a lot better than I thought they would be this season. It's just the, the way they play, the way the players have grown. It's just, it's remarkable to see like the job that they've done. You know, people like Weston McKinney who were on their way out, like reviving themselves, like making a name for themselves. It's, uh, it's pretty crazy. So yeah, I, after the game yesterday, there's a sense that this team like believes in the Scudetto. You could feel it, even if they deny it post match. You can just there's there's the energy there. So yeah, I, I believe in it. There you go, Lucci. You change your tone on this team from beginning till now. One hundred percent. And I also changed my tone on McKenney. I think what Lou said is absolutely. Guy's been spot on this year. I'll give him credit where credits due. There you go. Look at there you, you growing, Lex. Like a flower. Lex, are you a believer? Yes, 100%. Now, I think definitely more convinced than I was at the start of the season. Um, as Lou pointed out, there's an energy, there's a unity that we didn't see last season with this team that we see now. And it's really, really great. I think it gives the fans a lot of hope and belief. So I'm looking forward to seeing how we handle that pressure in this next half of the season. There you go. There you go. Anthony, I don't think you've ever been a non-believer. Hey, listen, first of all, thanks for introducing me earlier. So I'm here as well. Thanks, everybody. Happy New Year. Also, me and Eminem on the other side there had a uh, green room discussion on uh, 
Is Juventus going to win the Scudetto? I'm still 100%. Beginning of the season, I was 100%. Yesterday in the pregame, I was 100%. And today, I'm still 100%. So all y'all can suck it. All right. All right. So that's why you use bets. Omer. Yeah. Um, I say let's get to first place before we start talking about Scudetto. So when we, after match day, we're in first place and they are behind us, that's when I'll start believing. Settle down, oh, my wow. God. Right what there. a tough, tough over there. I mean, I don't know, man. Let's see what 2024 has in store because 2023 was a shit show, to say the least. For you, Omer might be representing the fan base that is still hesitant due to, uh, you know, Mm -hmm. previous uh, beliefs where we could turn that switch and then, uh, you know, blackouts happening and everything like that. But don't get me wrong, I'm enjoying what I'm seeing. I'm really enjoying this Juve this season. It's not to say Juve are bad or anything. I just, you know, being careful. Does it not resemble the Juve of past, though? For like, yeah. like for mm-hmm. me, I'm starting to enjoy it more because I start to feel like this is the Juventus of old, and all we're lacking is that finishing. And even if we look at Roma yesterday, there was opportunities to put that game to bed like we could have been two nil up in this one uh early on before roma had that spell of about maybe 10 15 minutes where they were dominating possession but really couldn't really couldn't find any lanes to to hurt us or do any damage I but stink. other than that final bit of finishing this feels like the uv of old for me does it feel like well, that for any of you like we're starting to resemble that previous dna I think we should give a shout out to the video that we post on the AJC. Uh, Omar, you said uh, Vanessa is the account that posted that video, yeah. the post game where it was Tech and Gatti, and then the whole team sort of starts to add on and add on. That's yeah. why I feel like we're going to win after I saw. Now I'm 120% confirmed. Seeing that video and seeing how the team reacted after that win, that's something we haven't seen in a long time. A team reacting like that. You and your percentages, they just that means we're gonna lose now. You know, if you're 120 of a bitch, that means we're 120 gonna miss it by two days on the last match day. Uh, but no, 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 I that's what the, the energy, like even the stadium yesterday, you could like the, the crowd, like you could feel it, like they knew the mm-hmm. weight of that game, they, they knew the importance of that victory. I think Rabiot post match said that they were watching like the inter result on TV and training. You know, like they are, regardless of what Allegri says or what some of the players say about the top four, like they are, they're focused on, they know it's, it's an obtainable goal. It's within reach. They just need to get there in March. And I don't know, like, I, I do agree, Berto, like they, the DNA of Juventus is back, which is kind of crazy. Cause this time last year we were talking about what was going to happen with the club's ownership. Like we were being deducted points and, and Yelly had re, uh, resigned, like, it's crazy, like in a year that now we're just talking about Juventus's DNA being back, and you know the Scudetto. It's it's wild, but there's just a there's a hunger and there's an energy about this team that's amazing. And it's also really great that it's all like younger players too. It starts with like next gen players, or you know even just like players like Locatelli or Chiesa, like under twenty five, like it's or twenty five, twenty six, you know under twenty eight. Like those guys are the guys that are giving you that energy. It's not like these uh these pillars of the past right it's just it's it's crazy yeah it's it's definitely uh it's just uh an interesting mix as far as the players go but uh it's funny man i'm like really really i'm like way more attached 
to this team and connected than I have been in the, these last few years. Like I feel like even for the players that have their obvious struggles that drive me nuts, I'm getting behind them because I actually feel so connected to this team. I'm willing to, I'm willing to take that. uh, I'm willing to deal with the parts of their games that hurt just to back them. Like even a guy like Kostic for me, that kind of drives me crazy. I'm still appreciative right now because of that connection I'm making to this team because they've all bought in. They've all bought into what we're doing right now. And at least I can respect that. It's hard for me to explain that, but definitely over even I'd say sorry season over Pirlo season, uh, definitely over the past two with Max, I'm way more connected to this team because I think everybody can feel that connection amongst themselves. And maybe that locker room cleanup was something that should have happened a long time ago, right? So I, yeah, I don't know. There are just, a few if, factors. More, what you said is one of the factors. There are a few more that made this USO, I mean, let's call it lovable and attachable. First of all, it's the players who shouldn't be here anymore and were here on vacation, your Di Marias and Paredes and even Bonucci leaving. And second is the fans getting back to the stadium, the ultras with the flags and everything. It's the connection between the, the management and the players, which seems to be a lot stronger this season. They're always there uh, backstage to congratulate them and pump them up before the match. So a few of these made this Juve believe and give 150%. I mean, everyone was on their game yesterday. Even if they weren't that good, they gave it all. Kostic ran his ass off. Dushan, I mean, everyone. I have no player to single out that was actually bad. Yeah. Credit to Max, too. You can't can't have all this without Max. And, of course, credit to Max, yeah. Credit well, to he, 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 like, when you doing, like, the news and stuff and, like, reading yeah. all of his interviews, like, in the summer or even, like, his pre-match press conferences, he you, – you can see where he, like, instills that kind of, like, us-against-the-world, like, Juventus mentality that we had in the early 2010s that, like, kind of propelled us to that, te- that nine-year run. Where it was like revenge for Calcio Pule. Like you Max subtly is always dropping, like, hey, like we got robbed last year. Hey, we like our objective is to finish in the Champions League, which we did last year, but it was taken away from us. It's, it's that mentality that's just there. And I think too, like when Omar met uh, mentioned like, you know, the other reasons, there's so many likable stories on this team. Like Gatti came, he was a bricklayer. Now he's like a protagonist for Juventus. Like Cambiasso was in Syria B or Syria B, Syria D for a while. And like, you know, he grew up a fan. Like there's just a ton of just really likable players. The players that just like they work really, really hard. Like they came from nothing and they're like making a name for themselves. It's it's one after another. Let's say every week almost, it feels like. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, we got to talk about performances. There's already a lot of uh, mention in the chat about certain players, their performances, and then we're going to get to Max Allegri. And there is a question directed at you, Lex, in regards to Max, so we're definitely going to tackle that. I'm going to just rip through um, this game like pretty quick so we can get to uh, the goods because, uh, honestly, it, was, it felt like a more exciting nil-nil for the time that it was actually uh, drawn up. I do still feel Juventus was the better side. I think Roma's best opportunities just came from our errors. 
But outside of that, they really couldn't generate anything strong. And I think Juve looked uh, the more likely throughout. Um, obviously, lineup going into it. Chesney, Gatti, Bremer, Danilo, uh, Wea, McKenney, Locatelli, Rabio, Kostic with Yildiz getting another start uh, next to Vlaovic up top. Um, we'll go through this uh, really quick. Real, I got to talk about this probably at the start because I found him uh, rather... I wouldn't say almost kind of inconsistent, but I thought the ref was kind of very, very high tolerance on cards. That's for sure. And I mean, Mancini got like an eight count and still came out of that game without a card, I'm pretty sure. Um, and it, it's just wild yeah. to me. So he called some really soft things, but he wasn't carding either. So it was really weird. I think only two cards at by the end of it. I could be mistaken that with Souza there. Anth? I thought he did. It's it's surprising, but when you look at it at the end of the game, he did a good job keeping it on that edge without having to use cards. Now, there, I agree. So he should have started handing them out like Mancini should should have des deserved them definitely. But the way he refereed, re refereed it, there was still a flow sort of to the game without, and it was chippy, but it was it was riding on that edge. And I thought he did a good job of keeping it on that edge, and it didn't tip over. Yeah. That's fair. That's fair. Did anybody else find it kind of weird, like the high tolerance for cards, but like a lot of soft calls? That's how yeah, I yeah, felt. Yeah, not, felt not like on specific fouls, but uh, Urente and Mancini did the same thing for like three, four times and got warned they should have been booked at the third time. Fouls from behind on the player receiving the ball, that should have been. But overall, yeah, he kept the game under control and not letting it get into, you know, little scuffles and stuff so mm -hmm. credit to him that was a good game yeah lex what did you think you were yeah i agree I thought they, there could have easily have been like four yellow cards in the first 30 minutes and there were none so like you said it was just an extremely physical game and he had a weird balance but for some reason it worked so yeah luch i'm not surprised mancini got away without a card that guy uh gets away with murder but I don't have much else to say about the game. I, I watched your live yesterday, Al. You did great. Thanks for keeping me informed. I couldn't get stream out here. Um, but happy for the three points. I'm going to hit the beach. You guys, everyone, love you all. Have a great new year. Enjoy the show. We'll talk soon. We'll talk in 2024. Forza Juve. I think the Scudetto might be ours. Let's let's hold. Oh, oh there right. we go. Oh. Nice positive shift. All all it takes is some uh, vitamin D, some rays down <laughs> in Florida. Love it, buddy. Love it. Enjoy. Take care, brother. All, all the right. best. Happy New Year. Happy New Year, Lucci. All right, so Lucci, out. Let's get uh, guys. Uh, let's let's rearrange a little bit here, okay? So the Lucatelli yellow though it annoyed me. The, the, the Luc what? Sorry? The Locatelli yellow card uh, annoyed me. Yes. That wasn't deserved, and it keeps him out of the next match. It was just, you know, a jump. It didn't even touch him, and that was and a it's weird interesting because we are going to get to that. I'm going to quickly just give you uh, L'Arbitro Nick, our friend. He always puts together great write-ups. So thoughts mm -hmm. on Souza. He says, I really liked his performance. He took some risks, not booking Mancini for persistent infringement, but his player management and conversation with players kept the game calm from a foul perspective. Having a high metric for cards is risky, but ended up paying off. 
Doesn't he have a high metric for cards, though, Anthony? Yeah, average 4.95 uh, yellows per game. Yeah, that's why I, I thought it was strange. I, I think, though, yeah. like, with that game, like, Juventus and Roma is a very physical feature or fixture. Like, you know, like, Mourinho teams, like, they, they foul a lot. They kick you. Like, they fight you. They're, they're scrappy. Like, you, this Juventus team is kind of scrappy. So, like, to give away, like, more than a, cu- a couple of yellow cards, you risk, like, the emotion running high in that game. Then it, like, gets a little out of control. Like, yeah. yeah, maybe he called some soft fouls. Like, he he nitpicked some of the fouls there. But it's kind of like he's picking and choosing, like, when to give a yellow card and, like, when not to. It's almost like the ones he gave out were, like, warnings to both teams. Like, hey, like, you know, tone it back a little bit. But yeah. And how many how many games has Dusan gotten that many calls? Zero. Yeah. Yeah, also- so – and in the oh. end, uh, Labritonic says at the end of the day, he did not influence the game at all mm-hmm. and just stayed out of the way, which was right. really what you got to ask for. Um, he does t- touch on some of the points in here. 77th minute, Locatelli, the card that uh, um, Omar was talking about. Uh, why was Locatelli booked for this first foul? The considerations for uh, Yellow here are stopping a promising attack, not yep. for a reckless challenge or persistent infringement. So he got kind of caught on that. Um Nick says, first, what the hell are McKenney and Milik doing here after El Sharawi steals the ball? He is clearly fouled by uh, Locatelli. The considerations for stopping a uh, promising attack. One, space. The attacker had space to run out of Juve's back line. Two, speed. The players moving forward with pace. Uh, that was definitely the case. And then three, options. The attacker has options to pass and or take on a defender. Lukaku was an option to pass, and El Sharawi had the space to take on Bremer. This is a supportable yellow card, and Locatelli is just very unfortunate. His one foul was in that position after a huge mistake from uh, teammates there. Uh, the other really only moment, probably 87 minute on that uh, Chiesa goal, uh, goal ruled offside. Deliberate versus deflection uh, kind of comes up. And uh, two years ago, Nick says this would have been a good goal. Um, so he's saying, uh, Azillian Jr. tries to play a pass. Obviously, Case is clearly in an offside position. A few Roma players are trying to poke the ball away. Azillian tries to play a pass. There are many potential considerations here to determine if this was a deliberate play on the ball to uh, annul the offside. These two points support the call. Passing. Determine if the player's touch allows them an unexpected opportunity to pass the ball to a teammate. Then clearing. Assess if the player's touch enables them to comfortably clear the ball by kicking or heading it in a controlled manner. Players just trying to poke the ball away in desperation after an attacker tried to make a pass in tight space certainly does no longer constitute a deliberate play. This was a spot-on call by the officials. Um, okay, and, did, uh, he, did he pass that directly into Kiesa's path, or did he hit it and it deflected off a defender? It, it, that's the thing. It hit the, it hit the defender as they were all trying to like get to that ball, and they're all kind of poking at it, so... Now it's seen as uh, not a deliberate, it needs to be a deliberate play for the defenders going back for him to be onside. Oh, I got you. Not yeah. like a deflection or like. So that's a, what okay. Nick said two years ago. That would have been good and it would have stood. They changed Because that. Okay. of the touch off that uh, Roma player. And that but was Kies's point, right? That was it. No that's good. why he was yelling to the ref. He's like, it hit a defender first to before it got yeah. to me because you, you saw and, the uh, there you go so uh Larbito nick uh give our friend fede Beauty. a call and get him in touch with uh these new rules buddy let's go now <laughs> fourth minute we're gonna rip through these highlights cristante shot partially blocked by dushan which actually takes it to hit the outside of the post this again right. was a scramble a little bit 
shaky at the start in our area defensively. And like Shouldn't clearing, have been a corner uh, just trying place. to get clearances. This kind of popped up. That's their best opportunities. 19th minute though, Vlaovic does everything right. Lorente could not play him. Man up, like just couldn't. Nope. Okay, and he turned him beautifully here. I hate the guy, but Mancini with a great intervention here on that slide uh, to come in there and block that. Um, I think Rui Patricio would have had a tough time. He maybe looked in place to stop it, but still great work from Vlaovic and great work from that ball came from Gatti, finding him quickly and sending it in. And you could see Vlaovic continue to yell at his teammates, like, give me the ball fast. Like, as soon as you see the matchup, like, just uh, drop it in there. 29th minute, Yildiz driving and taking on his man. He had another three defenders chasing him from behind. Like, this guy's got... Uh, He's got some chops, big, this kid, man, and like he's not afraid. Has. What's that, Ant? Yep. He's got big gorilla balls, this kid. <laughs> Jesus. Okay. All right. Anyways, the shot after the move kind of takes him off balance, and then uh, the shot uh, goes wide. But promising from Yildiz. Honestly, I think if you break down his game, every decision he made was the right one. When to turn, mm -hmm. when to hold up, pass back. Um, but you can tell that difference in him and not to pick on somebody else but some guys that go in there that takes a lot more to focus just on settling the ball whereas this kid is not only settling it but allowing himself that room to operate after so he's a step ahead in just even collecting the ball so uh it's uh it's great to see 30th minute danilo a sketchy clearance uh right to cristante who finds dibala who almost put in a cheeky little uh, trivella there to the back uh, post there tech looked a little nervous about it 42nd minute long mckinney throwing these things are like a key source Cortex. of creation for us too man these long throws yep. are deadly we got enough bodies to create problems costage had this one nice rip indica that's a massive intervention from indica that oh, really that, should that be you read the play perfectly. That was beautiful. It was crazy to see because, and I said that during the watch along, not, obviously that's the right play. And that's what you teach your defenders to kind of do if you're in a, a situation like that. But it's so hard still when you're in game to have mm -hmm. that presence of mind and not just watch the shot like, where is it going to go? To be like, no, I'm jumping back behind him just in case. Crazy, yeah. crazy awareness from Indica. We go into half like that and honestly... I felt pretty good. I said, uh, I think we're going to get one. I spent the halftime on the watch along kind of ripping on Rabio because I thought he had a brutal first half. And I was like, oh, my God, looked like he couldn't touch the ball to save his life. I'm literally starting the second half with this play on the left flank. And I'm like, man, we need more out of Rabio. Like, let's go. And all of a sudden, Kostic... I don't know how many baubles in there he got lucky with. Finally manages to get this ball to Vlaovic. Vlaovic with the back heel out of nowhere. And Rabio, one touch and then short side to shut Berto up. And you know what? Couldn't be happier. Love it. Hell of a I, goal. I hope you learned your lesson, Berto. It's whenever you, <laughs> you on Rabio, that's what happens. That's why I stay silent during the games. Hey. <laughs> Was it 1-0 or still 0-0, Lou? That's the question everybody wants to know. It, it, it's 1-0. The agenda has been suspended for, for Hey, a new year, a new Lou. Let's go. 2024, the Monza, everybody. The Monza game was, uh, was, was tough to, to hate afterwards. And there was, was a bet uh, on the... Ooh, I was yeah. going to say there was a bet on the watch long. 
There was a bet on the watch along? Yes, you did. You made one. You said if he gets double digit goals this season and, and reuse, I'll and pick renews. up a personal Rabio kit for myself. I heard that. And then I turned it but, off because I couldn't believe you actually said it. I have but a question about the watch along. Uh, Berto, how, what was your facial expression when Cristante almost scored that rocket in the first couple of minutes? <laughs> you were the first person I thought about. Like, I was just I like, that, that block-headed bastard, I can't stand him. I can't stand him. I can't stand Mancini. I can't stand that rap Paredes. I really don't like this team. And La Cacata up top there. My God. <laughs> Let me tell you something. When Mancini uh, so made that block on Vlaovic, the amount of curse words that came out of my mouth because he was such <laughs> crap against North Macedonia. Like, where was that? We would He's have been in the world. Terrible. <laughs> oh man. I can't but, I can't take uh, Mancini. Important <laughs> to note uh, that was Rabio's fourteenth goal in twenty twenty three, which make him the highest scoring midfielder. So kudos to him in Syria and on the world. So kudos to him. Great shift. Keep it's it a shame not counted terrible. <laughs> Oh, What's that? <laughs> Nothing. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Man, Rabio's been, and we're gonna get to player performances and everything. I'm gonna do a little bit of uh, shuffling here. Okay, we're gonna go with uh, a new formation. Everybody wants a formation change. I'm gonna go right in the heart of this. Mm -hmm. Right in the heart of this. Okay. Now, that brings us up to uh, one nil in the game, and honestly. Outside of that, uh, 70th minute, Dybala finds space at the top, has a hit. Tech, that's just knowing the guy that's about to take yeah. the shot. Because Tech was there before that thing even leaves his foot. I Otherwise, got a question for Lex. Yeah, were great you, positioning. Were you hoping that went in? Lex, come on, be honest. <laughs> no, I was not. <laughs> I didn't think he would score against us, honestly. Just didn't didn't feel like it was going to happen, you know. Like you said, Tech knows him too well. He was playing kind of like dejected a little bit. I don't know. I but, didn't think it was going to happen. The uh, but he played ninety six minutes after coming back from an injury. We've never seen that. I was actually surprised he stayed that they, long. But they he had was... to, and it could have been different for them if Pellegrini was available for more. Um, two, I still think, I still think there's a good player there, but man, uh, his struggles and even fitness and stuff too have been a problem. But, um, nonetheless, we finish this Chiesa comes on for Yildiz. Chiesa added another element. Like that's a perfect switch off and change it up is. either way. Chiesa first, Yildiz after, Yildiz first, Chiesa after. I love it. Obviously, Chiesa's got to be the main, I think, which might be something we'll talk about in a bit. It's getting Yildiz more. Does Yildiz uh, warrant more? I believe he does, but we'll talk about that. Chiesa in the 83rd minute literally drives the pitch, finds McKenney, and holy hell, that's got to go in. And this, these are these moments we talk about. You got to finish. Unfortunately for him, it was on his off left foot and he put it right at Rui Patrizio. Still a chance because uh, Patrizio sucks. But unfortunately for Big Mac, who had a hell of a game, as now we're going to get into player performances, um, still needs a lot of uh, props. And I still see people knocking McKenney, and I understand the touches in certain moments there when it's kind of tough and you're trying to just retain the ball and he's kind of trying to collect this ball in a very awkward manner, sticking his toe out to just uh, collect it or one touch inside when his guy's not there. Again, going back to what I said earlier, 
you got to take all the goods uh, with these guys and you got to deal with some of uh, some of the frustrations because ultimately the guys that are working their ass off that have bought in are the guys you got to roll with. And uh, McKenney is one of those guys. Luckily, that one didn't cost us. We finish 1-0, two points behind of Inter. We know how they feel because Acerbi's tears were flowing everywhere after the draw against Genoa. So I love it, okay? So we know that the pressure's on them. We're in a good spot. We're sitting pretty, everybody. Now, I just want to get all of your thoughts like on that game, your brief summaries, and then we're going to get to uh, Man of the Match. So, Lex, your thoughts on that game overall? Uh, as you said earlier... I never felt like we were ever out of control in that game. So I was really proud of that and how the team handled it. It was a really important three points for us to pick up. Um, kind of going off of what we spoke about earlier, I really loved the energy of the team that game. And it was shown both in the post-match celebrations, as well as if you noticed on Kiesa's offside goal, I think it was Dusan and Perrin, perhaps they jumped off the bench and they were like running onto the field and then they had to like stop and realize <laughs> it was offside and then they kind of just like shuffled mm -hmm. back. So I thought that was great though. Every moment that happened where we were either close to scoring, even McKenney's um, when he hit the goalie too, same thing. There was a huge reaction when the camera panned to the bench and it just seemed like all of the guys were locked in, even the ones that weren't even on the field. So whether you're on the field or you're on the bench, everyone was locked into that match. You could tell how much they wanted it and that was really great to see so I felt like this season has really been evoking back that passion for the team and for even for watching the team which has been really enjoyable as a fan to experience so I felt like that game really sealed that for me and like I said even in the 55th minute I turned to my brother and I was watching it with him and I was like there's no way Roma's scoring like it just it just did not feel like that was going to happen right which is a good feeling to have as a fan yeah, and we uh, we needed the clean sheet after uh, what five goals in or conceding in five of our last six or whatever. It's important to yeah. get back to I'll keeping them out. Anth, uh, your thoughts on that match? Uh, I don't want to rehash it. A lot of things that people have already said. I think we're going to get into it a little bit more when we get to the man of the match because that I don't remember a game where you had probably. Four or five players that equally could have won man the match, which is a testament to what Lexus said. Everybody's bought in from the manager on down, right to the 18th guy on the bench. So uh, that was a that was a team win that we haven't had in a while, fans included. You had the fans, manager, players, all on the same page. Yeah, Omar, real quick. Real quick? No, that's not my thing. Um, it's true. Okay. <laughs> Before man of the match, okay, let me give credit to the defense. First of all, they didn't allow anything. Even Mourinho said after the game that they just couldn't break Juve's defense. So aside from that shot that hit the post early on, Juve gave away nothing. So kudos to the defense. Midfield covered every blade of grass. Each one of them, they all deserve applause. They worked their ass off all match. Um, uh, the wings, they worked tirelessly, both Ware and Kostic. And the attack, Ildi's surprising, unpredictable, something we sorely missed. And Dushan with his best performance since the match against Lazio or score two. That was his best match, playing with his back to goal. Yeah. And it, mm -hmm. it and it's not even close for his best yeah. match. And that's what it's one of the points I'll make when we talk about man of the match, but uh, has nothing to do with production either. Lou. Uh, yeah, just kind of like everyone said, like, but the big thing for me is like the confidence of this team. Like it's a team that, you know, like you guys said, like 
believes in the the style, the setup, regardless of whether you like it or not. They're all bought in, and they have this just like confidence, this aura about him. Like during that game, like as soon as they took that lead, you knew we're like we're not gonna lose this. We're not gonna drop points here. Like we're gonna manage this one nil all the way to the end, and that's exactly what happened. I mean, there's just a like a really just great energy about this team right now, and I think that that's the big takeaway from this match. You could feel it through through the crowd too. Like they, the crowd, like their reactions were. You could hear them like chanting. The chanting got louder and louder as the game went on. Like they knew the same thing. Like this is ours. Like it's over. Like we're we're right there. Like incredible. Yeah, something it's, it's just, going on at Juve. Just feels mm-hmm. like it. The the feels around the club are picking up uh, big time. Another thing that uh, management's got to get props for. Um, they have to get props for the cleanup because we've had to do it for quite some time and they're doing a great job. They have to get props for bringing back the ultras and making the stadium an actual home game again after correct what two years of away matches, constant away matches, an entire season. You can't tell me that's not draining as a player when you have no life at your home stadium. Like, and they were all talking about it too while that was going on and everything. And Max was making claims like, Hey, we need all of you. We need your support and everything, but it's just different for whatever reason you need that group of people. That's going to, you know, uh, take the reins and lead, uh, the charge and, uh, the supporting. So it's fantastic to see man of the match. And we will say what's up Wait. to uh, everybody out here. Uh, Mario Omar. Yeah. One last thing that win puts us as, at the top of the best home team this season, uh, seven wins, two draws, scored 13 and considered only four at home this season. Yeah, it's uh, it's turning back into the fortress it once yeah. was. And that's what we need. That's what we need. Yeah. Our record when that thing opened was incredible. Until when? Just what, three years ago, I think, before it started to uh, fade and no. slide. But uh, incredible. So... Nice to see we're, we're getting back there. Four, I want to say what's up to uh, Mario Sanchez, Mark. Everybody that was in the watch-along too yesterday uh, was fantastic. We had uh, Barbados in the house, uh, Finland, um, St. Vincent, uh, everywhere. A lot of North Americans too. Thank you for the love. And big shout-out to uh, Stu out in Montreal. Okay, well, Laval to be exact. That has, he's a Juventino and owns Cafe Milano, all right? Luca still in the fetal position, but when he wakes up and watches, go show some love and support a Juventino's uh, establishment. Club Milano in, or Cafe Milano in Laval, run by Juventino. Hilarious. Love it, but uh, a great guy, okay, and reached out and always shows support for AJC. Much love going out there. Now, get to man of the match. This, Mm -hmm. I think you had probably about three options, I'd say. Four. Five. Five. Okay. Okay. I have four actually. I want to hear your options. Fire away with the four or five names. Dusan, Locatelli, Bremer, and McKenney. Wow. I didn't have Locatelli in there, but I saw others that did have Locatelli in there. He was a beast yesterday. I would say Bremer. I would say uh, not because of the first half, but I think the second half was so strong that Rabio should be in the mix. Dusan for sure. Um, probably there i think you can make a shout for mckinney there wasn't a blade of grass he didn't cover regardless of some technical uh errors here and there 
But, man, I'm torn between Bremer and Vlaovic, to be honest. Um, and I might just level it off because I don't know if I can. Bremer pocketed Lukaku, but that's a norm for Juventus because he's only scored two that's goals and neither one of them was open play. But Bremer was an absolute unit. Um, mm -hmm. I'm probably going to give him the edge. But Dushan, Bremer's going to get that, and he's been there before. This was Dushan's easily his best for Juventus. I'm flipping. I'm going Dushan. I'm going to give it to Vlaovic, all right? Interesting. Um, we're going to go around the horn the opposite direction. Lou, your man of the match. I agree with you. It's, it's Vlaovic. And like you said, like that was his probably his best, the most complete performance in a Juventus shirt. It, which is crazy because he didn't score a goal, which is it's wild. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Omar. Yeah, I'm gonna go with Dushan solely for the fact that everyone arrived at the at the second half. Dushan is the only one out of the bunch who just was on fire right out of the get go for as long as he played. There you go. There you go. Dushan for uh, three right now. Anth. Okay. I've been saying this for a while. Dushan's attitude has been, that's been his attitude since he came back from injury. Nothing's changed. It's just his play hasn't been up, up to what he showed yesterday, but his attitude has been there. He's been, he's been a team player. He sat on the bench last week. Lou mentioned this in the group chat yesterday, maybe sitting him on the bench really ignited him for this game. Like you don't sit me on the bench. What are you guys talking about? With all that said, easily his best match of the year. But for me, hands down, not even close. McKenney was the man of the match yesterday. Absolute right. unit. He was all, all right. over the place. Love it. Love it. Lex. All good shouts, but I'm going to have to go with Lavovich as well, just for that assist. That was amazing. And as well, well just oh, like yeah. his, play, his link up, I thought that that really made the difference for our team, especially when you compare to the fact that we stifled Lukaku. The way we were able to employ Lavovich really made the difference, <laughs> I felt, in that matchup. Yeah. it's I, The back heel was sick. You I can tell he had three or four blocks too. Like he was everywhere. He was a unit Especially defensively for sure. For sure. Um, for sure. Push back just a little bit. Tell the the comment about Vlaovic's attitude. I think it mm -hmm. shifted a little bit yesterday. Yesterday he like wanted to physically dominate that game. He did. Like for minute, yep. it, like from minute one, it was like, hey, like I'm out here to show that like I'm the best player on the pitch. That was like mm -hmm. a little different than maybe some of the other games. Like you, you know just, what. What about that energy? It's like Vlaovic, the game we were comparing to, uh, which was strong performance, was against Inter. I thought that was a strong yeah. showing from him as well. And I've said the goals, if you look at the goals, while they're not as high as a tally we want to see, but they're he's scoring in the big games. He's, he's contributing in those games. But we just need that all the time. And even after Inter, we didn't see it right away and it faded. And then he had that... Uh, cameo where he was great and now this it's clear to me everybody what's going on and what needs to happen with Dushan you need to show him photos rumors and everything with Lukaku to get this guy yep. going okay so before next game I want those rumors coming out again that we're heading another summer saga with Vlaovic and Lukaku let's get this guy going you I'll put start it you put Lukaku's photo in his locker if you have to, okay? And get this guy riled up because that Vlaovic that we saw yesterday is what we need game in, game out. And there's absolutely no reason that he can't do that. That's what he should be doing. So, 
yeah. Props to Duchamp. Props to Bremer. Props to McKay. Props to the entire team. Uh, they all uh, played their part. Uh, Chiesa coming in off the bench. Yildiz. We got to talk about Yildiz. All right. And uh, hang on a sec because uh, somebody has just finally woken up. And uh, we will, uh, I guess, I guess get him in here. Let it be Joe. Let it be Joe. Let it be Joe. It's not Joe. <laughs> There's no way. Oh, it's if not Joe. Doesn't... So, uh, no, I'm not actually going to let him Oh, shit. If this son of a bitch it's doesn't Luca! play the field, kick him out. Oh. Good, morning. Good morning. Nice of you to join. Take care. I wish you here. Now, start playing the piano right now. I want Piano Man right now. Cold yeah. the desert. Yeah. All right. Dance. Luca, we just wrapped up uh, highlights and everything, and we just talked about our man of the match. I want to know who your man of the match is. Hey, uh, he's, he's why are you mute muted? Too. Look at him. He's on mute. He's too. muted I'm himself. Sleeping. I'm sorry. I'm still sleeping. Uh, then why are you here? Because I like to be a team player, even if I'm late. Good for you. Because I told him to go in. And because Omar asked me nicely. <laughs> uh, player of the match, definitely McKenny for me. 110%. Hey. McKenny, you and Anth taking McKenny. All right. All right. Now. Well, hope John is listening. We had a question earlier on, and I really want to. This, this one's interesting to me because I feel like. It's very, very hard for people to switch their kind of state of mind of where they were. And I will say it, based on the first two years, I never saw this kind of happening and going down. But there mm -hmm. was questions in the chat uh, directed at Lex. And I said we would get back to it. And we have to. And it did come from Alex. It's further up in the chat now. I can't track it right away. But are you now an Allegri Believer, do you believe? Do you now believe in what he's doing? And it must be said, another member of Lex FC and Bald FC, uh, Italiano, is starting to take to uh, one nil victories. Uh, there's a little bit of a shift there, Lex. Do you believe? I know he's morphing into Allegri. I don't know what's going on. It's he's got like he's figured out that defense has to take place. Is what he's figured out. <laughs> yes. Man, I gotta say, what would make me a believer, bring me the Scudetto, then we'll talk about being a believer. Until so you're open to... Uh, is everybody here open to keeping Max around, though? Like, honestly? Yes. Uh, if I, we win. I, yeah, yeah. And Lou, I sorry? I'm the same opinion I had earlier. No, I, I was just I was saying that I'm I'm a Mad Max believer. There you go. So lose a lose a believer. And Lex, you're saying only Scudetto? Yes. Then then I will have to warm up to him. No, I'm kidding. But if he brings me a scudetto, then we'll talk. But for now, cautiously believing a little bit more. All right. All right. And Omar still, you know on the fence, not really, wants to wait to see because he still is not full believer in the Scudetto. Luca, no, do you believe I, in uh, us being able to tackle the Scudetto? 
tackle the skeptic? Uh, I want to say yes for the title, but... Why do you keep scratching? I mean... Put some lotion on for fuck's sake. <laughs> oh, shut up, Rasputin. It's a little Jeez. early for me. I just got out of bed. Holy shit. Let me, answer the question. Let me answer the question. Okay, good? sorry, go ahead. Thank mm -hmm. you. Yes, Al, I believe we could do it. Will it be difficult? Mm -hmm. Hell yes. But I think we could do it. And then maybe, just maybe, just like like said, I'll have some faith. But for the moment, I mean, if he goes three years without a trophy, good riddance. Wow, okay, okay. Ant, how do you feel about Max right now? Because you and He's I were the saying left. the same oh. thing in the summer. Time to go. Me and you were like, get his ass out of here. Yeah. yeah. He, he, just look at just look at what the team's doing. Like he he might deserve another year he to finish out his contract. But we the the two the the two youngins down here bring up a good point with the trophies. You know, I, trophies but, count. But, but is I, there not something to be said in the shift? If we've all acknowledged how big is. a shift this team has undergone from and I'll go back as say Pirlo season, Sari season as well. I, I see mm -hmm. a shift. And we all remember the scenes of Chiellini standing next to Max, looking at what's going on, saying this is not a team. I don't think you could say that anymore. This feels no, like a team now. Mm -hmm. Is there not enough to be said about that? And even when we were trying other coaches, the argument was give them time. So how can we want to allow time? But we're ready to call it again if there is noticeable significant growth. It's kind of a weird one. The, that's that that's for me. It's like if you're gonna sack a coach, right? Or you're gonna move on. Like three years without title at Juventus, obviously that that's unacceptable. But mm -hmm. You sack a coach based on like players not buying in, right? If Juventus don't win the title this year, it's not because they weren't good enough. It's just because Inter were like incredibly good. They, they, I don't think they've lost a game yet this season. Like you can't, we've lost one game. Like you can't do much better than that, right? You know, and the fact that these players like they buy into what they're doing. He's debuting a lot of youngsters. You know, if you, I feel like at that point, if you come close, you miss the title by like two, three points, like. I, I think you got to give him another year. Give him a couple of signs and let's see what happens. They have one year left on the contract anyway. I mean, so. I, I mean, a whole, the can, we, can we say that we wouldn't have had a significant jump if Pogba and Fajoli were around? Like. Yeah. We, we lost our two most talented midfielders to off the field issues. Like that's a, well, in terms of like creativity right our two most creative players like there's nobody left on this squad that plays like that or that has those types of vision abilities that those guys carry there there just isn't i think yildiz has a lot that we've only scratched the surface of but he take he's gonna take time in pogba you have an elite an elite midfielder when he's in the lineup obviously we would have had to been banking on health there and whatnot. But Fajoli had a strong finish to last season. And that's that's one that we miss. I think it would have been even better than what we're seeing now. And maybe we do get things a little more comfortably handled in games, right? There's a lot to be said. I think it 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 might not make sense to wrap that contract up early. It just might not make sense. Especially That's all I'm saying. I, 
I think it will come from him. Um, either I think you might be right. We, we've, we've talked about it last week, I believe, that it's either him asking to extend by one year at least and not going into his final year without guarantee that he's going to proceed with his project or that he's going to live just by himself because that's been one hell of a override those past three years. I mean, we've asked a lot from him yeah. with everything that happened. So I, I'm not so sure he'll just go into the season without guarantees he can proceed. I, I also think that the management, like they they have 100% faith that he's the guy to turn the boat around. I Just like their, their language, their dialogue, you can kind of get the feeling when like the management is, you know, like lying to you a little bit about the coach's future. You could see it towards mm -hmm. the end of like Star and Pirlo's 10 years. But Nedved, it's Nedved. It's yeah. Nedved. But, but with, with Max, it just, it feels like there's like a good like cohesion there. And also too, he still is kind of the public face of Juventus. So like, like the, a lot of times, like that's the thing that they talk about in the news quite a bit is like after a referee decision, who's the guy that's, you know, like talking about it in the press. It's never upper management. It's always like Allegri. Like he's, he's the one they're asking about the super league or the growth degree. Like the management is kind of like a, like a silent party. So I, it, it doesn't seem like he's a guy that like could be risking his job from like the Juventus standpoint. I do agree though, if he was to leave, it would be like his decision. Like, man, I've had enough of this, or I'm going to do something else. So Yeah. And, and I feel the same. I feel like it's it's gonna come down to his decision. And I do agree with the majority. I kind of have the same feeling. I've kind of changed my stance and I just see a big, big change. I'm not uh so quick to just say we don't go into the final season like I, i'm okay with that it's the extension part and everything that i'd probably say okay let's give him some players in the summer like let's help this midfield okay and let's see let's see because he is still operating with out a key component in the midfield really and a lot of people yeah, say well he's he likes his midfield like that, robust and everything like that. Well, again, you still it's, it's got to have not, that creativity in there. And I think he would have used it for sure. There's no way he would have benched Paul Pogba if Paul Pogba was fit and available to him. It's just not going to happen. As robust a midfield as he likes. We have to be serious about that, right? Yeah, I, I was going to say like the robust midfield thing, like, yeah, like some of our players in the past were like that, but like our midfield in the past have scored a lot of goals. Like, yeah. Kadir, a lot of goals for us he wasn't like a like a cre crazy creative player but he scored a lot of goals for us i think that's like that's like you know part of the issue like you need rabbit scored a lot of goals in the last two years but this year compared to last year he scored less goals but one thing he does well that like the other ones don't is he like makes runs into the box like gets efforts on target like mckinney you know the other guys who come in there Moretti, like th they need to score more goals that, that would help them a ton like even they could just do that yeah. And, and if, uh, if he wins the Scudetto, what else can you say, you know, to just to justify firing him? I mean, there, there is no Champions League. That's what you want from your manager, to win you the title. So if he does win it, what can you say? The, the games are boring. The management will say, fuck you, go celebrate the Scudetto. I think they have a really good chance at winning the Coppa Italia at the bare minimum this year. So that's an interesting point. We, we can win the Coppa Italia. Because uh, Inter and Napoli going out early is interesting. We play Frosinone, then either Roma or Lazio. 
No, we play Salernitana this week, twice. No, after Salernitana, I'm talking about... We're yeah, taking yeah. Salernitana out, so Frosinone are the ones up next. Yeah, so it's the path is there. The path is there to make... They have to make that final for me, as far as the way that bracket cleaned up for them. It would be not to make that final. But I do want to bring this one up, this comment, because... It's interesting. So he says, to be honest, though, if you ask this question after a loss, we would have different views. Our fan base is pretty fickle. I don't necessarily disagree. And obviously the emotions are different. But I will say this. We asked what was going to happen in December uh, for points. What did I say? Five wins. It should have been five wins. Okay. And it could have been. There was a lot of people not believing that we could do it because you keep hearing about this unsustainability. For me, the only thing that's unsustainable in this play is we need to convert more. That's interplay is the exact same as Juventus. They just have higher quality and they're converting their chances. But I will say this, it's about looking at everything, the big picture. So even if we were in a loss, I would still point to something that's a massive, massive improvement um over what we saw in years past and it's uh i'm trying to track it down here i'm pretty sure i saw it this morning max's record in um big games has been brutal from the team and whatnot and uh what are we at 17 points out of 21 against the better sides in syria this season that is a huge shift whereas in the years leading up to this it's been blackouts a lot of blackouts and a terrible record. The improvement is there. Do we have more to go? Yeah. You can both things can exist for the fan base. Like we can say there's been a major improvement. We're not at the finished product. We could we could say that. Lex? And it feels like yeah. we haven't had those daggers like we had in the past with like the Monza game or the Napoli loss by a huge margin. Like I feel like that has been a big um, role in improving the mentality of the squad. Like I feel that also points to that improved mentality as well because we haven't had those major lapses like we had in the past few seasons. So I think you make a great point about that showing up in big matches and ultimately at the end of the season, that's what makes the difference on where you fall in the standings. It's how you do against those teams, right? So I think that's a super positive point to make. Yeah. yeah. You, have to, you, have to, you have to give him like credit too, because when we lost that terrible match to Swallow, right? Like as horrendous as Gatti was like with the own goal and everything, post-match immediately, Max Allegri was like, hey, like this guy, he's the future. Like he's a talented player. Like you get over that. He drops him for a game. He lets him, like, you know, kind of rest. And that next month, you know, Gatti, like, slowly builds and becomes a protagonist, scores a bunch of goals. He scored some huge goals for us this season, right? He, he did the same thing kind of with Vlaovic. You know, he's he's always in the press kind of like, hey, Vlaovic is playing really well. Even when we know as fans, Vlaovic did not have a really good game. He still kind of like, you know, hey, look, Dusan's doing really well. He's improving. Like, we're working on it. That is the things for me that I think – makes me have more faith in him is when he's challenging these players in in the press or when he's kind of like hey this guy's like almost right there hey like he's not having the best performance but like he's standing by them same with like weston mckinney for example like those are the things that make me look like hey this guy for the long term the, the what he's building is like actually like we're seeing it we're seeing those results where it's like every week in the press he's defending another guy and that guy two three games later is you know is is proving what Max said about them, right? So 
that for me is like where the big shift is. I think you can't, if you were to get rid of him now, that work I feel like would just, it would go away, right? Like that work that was set up, it's not, it's not finished yet, right? So bringing other coaches, I, I think you would lose that. If Omer had his way, he would have benched Tech after the Sassuolo game, right, Omer? How's that working out? Oh, I would have oh my God! You guys, still twenty twenty four. Can we end no. this? It will never end between me and <laughs> Shady. Never, never. If end. you lose yourself, look. If you ask me back in August, uh, if I would sign on by by New Year's, you would have one loss and four uh, and four draws. Signing it. I don't think there's a fan out there who wouldn't sign it. So not a lot to complain about. Yeah, yeah. We'll accept tech at that no. one time for you. I actually oh, have I give him credit when he deserves it. About, it's about Tony's status with the AJC, but we'll guys, talk about that. yeah, we do. I do want to touch on this because Sal is talking. You know, trophies are important, but so is a style of play that gets fans no, outside of are... Italy. Play style moves, jerseys, trophies. Yeah, I it's a tough uh, play style. Is what I no. think. A lot of the younger fan, it's you know, you got two of the old guys right here, you know. But I, I have kits, I have kits. Pesotto was Pesotto lights up. Was his was he a play style guy? No, fuck no, he was a guy. I love Takinardi. Was he a you know, it, you it's it's, yeah, didn't it's he have the so chokers? Geared nowadays, oh yeah, the show, and even Gigi rocked one in 03 when he was uh, with us. But listen, the old styles, and I love Kiesa's story about Buffon being at his father's house and always having all the gel and the spiky hair, and Kiesa would just cry every time he saw Gigi Buffon in his house because he was like, who the hell is this guy? He looks terrifying. But uh, I just, I don't think the style is as big a deal as it's made out to be. And the reason is, is because I agree with Alex P's comment right here. Besides putting our chances in the net, I don't feel there's much left on the table from the squad. We need more quality. And for me, your style reflects the quality on your team. Like, for instance, I don't, can we, are we in disagreement that we shouldn't be killing some of these games off. Should we not have had two, three goals yesterday? I think we should have. It's Yeah, we should. If the quality ramps up, if the execution, if the quality of execution even ramps up, we're singing a different tune. Again, you have Inter, who is being held, it's disgusting, but being held as this uh, measuring stick, this bar, just because I hate them. But Disgusting. They play the exact same way. They just have way better quality. They made a Champions League final run. Thankfully, they lost. But thank God. It, oh, thank God. My oh. my word. I probably would have. Well, I don't know if I'd shut this show down, but it would be very close. Um, I'm telling you, I feel like maybe we're tapped out here, and quality is the next step, and play style gets. I think a little too much, a little too much um, attention. And even if you're looking at Italiano now, we talked about him earlier, figured out how to play defense and get his side to figure out to do whatever it takes to win. When the goals don't come, you got to figure something out. And right now we have figured out what works for this particular group. 
I don't think it enhances or goes next level without some better execution from our guys, but I also think a little boost in quality. What do you guys think? Is that a fair statement from Alex? I feel the exact same way. Lex? Yeah, I think it's a good statement. I think that we have the quality. I think maybe that's where my um, opinion or difference lies, is I do believe that our squad has the quality, even with like our low knees as well. I think that we can be at that level, whatever wasn't clicking before. Like I don't think Inter has a squad that that's that much more of a higher quality than we do. I actually don't even think they're a better squad than we are. I think that we just needed those pieces to fit together and whatever Max seems to have cooked up seems to be working right now. So I think it'll be interesting to see this next part of the season, kind of which team runs its course. Um, in terms of like play style versus trophies, like I feel like those are always presented as mutually exclusive when they're not. But I do agree with Alec how you always seem um, go back to that fact that the team has to be able to move through all the gears, right? And I think like that's probably a super important um, thing to look at in terms of when we're looking at that play style argument. Uh, would I like to see Juve still play a little more on the front foot and play out and play through their attack more? Yes, but what we're doing right now is working, and there's no denying that. And I've been enjoying the results that we've been getting from it. And like you said, I feel like our low block yesterday and the way we defended and held off Roma was also very solid. Like, it can't be argued that that you know wasn't something that we were able to use effectively to gain that result yesterday as well. So, like you say, Al, moving through all the gears, um, being able to kind of play through all different phases of play as a team is important. Yeah. Lou? What, I was just going to say, like, oddness, like, just because we play this way now doesn't mean, like, towards next year we couldn't, like, you know, shift how we play. You, you pick up other players, you bring someone like Sule back, you know, yeah. Yildiz kind of emerged recently. That's sold. a whole stage, right? But I think what's, like, really important now is – and we did see some, like, really attractive football at the start of the season, right? You know, we did see them do that. They kind of had a little collapse there. They they shifted. We're picking up the results. I think that the fans get lost in this debate between, like, style of play, good football, bad football, results. It doesn't have to be one or the other. It can shift, right? Sometimes you have to put in a dirty exchange. And I was thinking yesterday, too, for, like, as well as we played – if we convert maybe one or two more of those chances, like we could have won that game two, three nil, and you, we'd be having a different conversation. We'd be talking about like a good Juventus performance with a team that looked really good on the counter. Like our counter attacks have been very beautiful. Like there is like a good buildup there. So I think if we converted more chances, there'd be less of a debate around this. It's just yes. that that nil scoreline looks a lot worse than it actually is. But when you really break down the game and you see some of the chances that are missed, you know, maybe we wouldn't have the same thoughts. Yesterday presents another but, but match that's the where question. we... Yesterday presents another match where we, again, allowed zero big chances against us, and we had three. All right? And that's like a common tune. We know uh, some chances we should have buried there, too. It's, it's literally the last thing I feel is left for this Juve side. Um, last time we were talking... Juve's uh, conversion was like uh, 11, 12%. It remains the same. We're like a goal every seven and a half or eight shots, which, I mean, can we say we haven't had enough opportunities or ample opportunities to ramp that up? I don't think you could say that. The chances are there. Um, mm -hmm. And it's just, uh, yeah, we're still at the same. Hovering close to eight shots 
per goal scored. And we just got to get a little bit better there. The chances will come. We're doing fine. We're going to look at this month coming up. We're going to look at Inter's uh, setup too because I think there's a big opportunity this month for Juve to uh, make some noise and ramp up that pressure on Inter. Let's take a look uh, at this. So yeah. for Juventus, obviously we know Coppa Italia, okay? That's in, uh, what, four days? Uh, then we play them again, Salernitana away from home. That's on the weekend. Then you've got Sassuolo. That's going to be in our house. We're going to return the favor, okay? We're going to beat the crap out of Sassuolo, I'm telling you. Lecce away from home. Empoli at home. What do you think? Points for me? Those are 15. all wins. All wins. all wins. Yeah, I'm with you. All wins. Coppa Italia, we beat Salernitana. And then in the league play, Salernitana, Sassuolo, Lecce, Empoli, those are all wins. All um, none of those teams' current form, none of what they're doing concerns me. Sassuolo is, they found wins against Inter and Juventus, which blows me away because they've been absolutely brutal. Um, their back line is horrible. That's the scariest matchup there. And I think we're when, fine. Luke. When we get Inter and Juventus, though, like Juventus and Inter both like gifted them wins. Like oh. that's the, that's why they're getting those wins, right? I think yeah. that I agree. Like I think five out of five, but like Juventus is the only thing that can stop Juventus is Juventus at the moment. That's exactly, it. exactly, and it's always kind of been like that. But I'm going mm-hmm. five for five, Omer. I, I'm with you, Berto. Yeah, Anthony, five, I, five for five. Yeah, sounds right. Sounds right. Five for five. Yeah, Luca, let's go, man. Glass half empty. Wake Come up. on, let's go. Wake Throw up. It out here. Come on. Three draws, couple wins. What are we talking? I say, I say three wins, two draws. You just cut <laughs> uh, him out. I love Luca. The beauty. He's probably right. Lex. So <laughs> um, let's go. Four wins, one draw. Four wins, one draw. Who's no the fist. draw? Who's the draw? Yeah, that's the question. Lecce. Definitely Lecce. Oh, come on. <laughs> yeah, let's, let's go. Whichever Lecce. one's away Just... from home. Which one is Lecce away? Lecce, <laughs> Lecce away. I, I, I got to say, d- d- that kind of does sound about right. If we were the draw, we were, <laughs> oh, we're going to change yeah. the prediction now. Watch. I, mean, no, I think I it would play. actually be Empoli, who's only scored five goals all season, would probably no be way. would make sense to be the draw. No way. They're, yeah, they're, one of, no. they're one of the worst sides I've seen. We do have yeah, like a random kind of draw in us that you're just like, oh, like how do we tie that? Empoli's going to be a 4-3 win for us. Salernitana so. and Empoli well, both that? holding down the last spots there. Okay, 12 points for Salernitana. They just picked up their second win. Uh, Empoli's only got three wins. Uh, like I said, they've scored, okay, sorry, they've scored 10 goals now this season, but they've allowed 30. Um, we wow. got to be serious. If we're serious Brian about it, Matilda. like Roma was a must win, we got to go clean this month. If we're going to look mm-hmm. at Inter, um, Verona, this weekend coming up, so the 6th of January. But then Monza away from home and Fiorentina away from home. couple tricky ones. And then February 4th, we go to the San Siro, and that's going to be uh, a tasty one. So we got to get the job done uh, with our they matches and the then go from there. Now. They, they got thrashed by Inter 4-1, I believe. Was it last time? Who? Fiorentina, because Lex had a uh, roll their eyes up. Oh, yeah. Fiorentina. But <laughs> it's different now. It's different now. 
and the pressures in a good spot for them. Fiorentina figured out defense. You got to play it. And it's going to be at home. Inter's going to be away from home. So anything can happen in those road matches. Storm the barn, everybody. Fire away. We had one that came in like the first comment for the show today. So I got to pull it off uh, from the old school uh, format here. Do we have the depth in players to switch to a 3-4-3? I think so. Keen can even play on the wing. Uh, him and Illing Jr. would likely see more game time. <clears throat> we can do it. The only way I would do it is with somebody playing central behind two forwards as an advanced midfielder that could also still support the midfield in what they need. Yeah. Um, if we're so doing we actually, it 3-4-3 for a winner, question. I would say no. We posted this question today because uh, it was suggested that maybe even next season uh, you would play with, I don't know, four in attack, but Vlahovic, Ildis behind him, Chiesa on the left, Sule on the right. And like Rabio and whoever, McKenny, Lucatelli behind them. Would you go in that? Like a 4 2 3 1 type of thing? No, I'm not switching drastic right now from what's working. No, not, not now, not now. I mean, I'm talking about last um, next season because Sule will be here. Sule won't be here next Sule's year. Sule might be so. And said 100% okay. he's gone. Let's assume he's here for for the sake of the question. Because I agree, I don't. I think we need another one in the middle. I'm not satisfied with two. I think but so I also much is going to change that it's really hard to answer that right now. Um, <laughs> if I'm looking yeah. at the back, like who's coming in at the back? Because right now I don't no want to see four, two, three, one with the guys we currently have. I don't. Okay, but uh, but I did tell you yesterday that I think Yildiz and Chiesa should both be on the pitch. And I still believe that. Not as a substitute to Vlahovic or Milik. We still need a striker in there, but I want them both on the pitch. But that's what I'm saying. The only way I do that is as one, as an advanced midfielder. Who's going to do that? Yildiz can do it, but he's going to have to help the defensive work rate yeah if we're trying to go three four three with a winger just to get yildiz and Kies out there i'm not doing that i saw that movie last season it sucked no no it should be in the center i don't want him on the flank i want yeah, Kies so on the flank we but could do it we could do it as for four two three one and next season i think there's a lot of changes coming this summer and i don't think we should get too attached to any player but i actually think the next month is great time to try it out because Kane is injured for a month so we only have Milik and and we have a line of relatively easy games maybe it is a better opportunity to try something out. Berta you brought up a good point about next summer and some players because we I keep saying this in the chat we have a lot of talented players in the same type of roles like it's like it like Sule Yildiz and Chiesa could all play the same roles yeah now yeah, but we'll have Champions what, League next what, Luke, They all they all could play the center forward role. That's three players for one position. They all could. Okay. Doesn't mean they all should. Luke, Luke is giving faces down there. I got a question. Think about this way. Okay, think about this way. Next year you could have wingers being Kosic, Chiesa. You would have Sule. You have Weh. Maybe Ingling. That's five already. Maybe six. Ingling's gone. Okay, Sule's so if, gone. If Ealing goes, okay, what about profits? That's what I mean. Like you, I don't could. disagree, Lou. I just, I just think like if just if you're playing the right way, 
it depends also on our formation. You know, like we, right now, Kiyaz is a striker. It doesn't have to be a striker. He could be a winger. But in this formation, he's a striker, right? If we switch yeah. up and we use wingers more, then, you know, Wea is not considered a winger in that case. He could be a fullback. Kostic, now he's considered kind of both. It all depends on our formation and where these players end up. And again, Yildiz doesn't have to be a striker. He could be an t- offensive mid. You know, Sule is a midfielder. He's not a striker. He could be a winger as well. So I, I agree with you, but I think it's going to depend a lot on our formation and what Max Sule is like the like. same as Yildiz for me. He's a guy that could play on the wing and could play a free roam 10 role. They're the same. And if I'm going to pick one that I'm going to roll with, even from early signs, I don't know, man. Yildiz seems untouchable, and he seemed untouchable for a while. Why not both? Yeah, you could do both. You need money, too. You have to make sales. You're not going to keep everybody. So sell Millic and Keen. It's not like we need them. Who the fuck is going to buy Milik no on one a one-year contract? What are you talking about? All right, about? you guys wanted an answer, and you get angry about the answer. Get but you have to be realistic. The young guys, some of them have to be bargaining chips. We can't put posters of these kids up all over our walls and think they're going to stay with us forever. It's not realistic. We have Baranachea, we have Illing, we have Merete, we have all kinds of bargaining chips. Don't don't say that we don't. I'm sure we could use the other, some guys. Okay. So Merete needs a loan. Nobody's going to buy him on what he's doing right now this season. It's not going to okay. be for a number that makes Junior's sense. Value. Illing Jr. has the most value. Sule has the most value right now. And this brings so up the next door in the barn. If you have to sell a key player... For Juventus to raise money in the summer, who do you choose? He's the only one who's worth anything at the moment. Who? To, if you want to bring in a midfielder of any sort of skill, who is the only player that is worth any value? Anybody? Come on, in the bottom row, because I said it yesterday. Anybody in the bottom row? Nicolosi. Sule is the only one who's going to bring in the Chicoria. That's got wow. serious value right now based on his He's loan. He's the only I would love for but, us to keep the kid. But, I would. Hold on. But counter your argument here real quick. Based on the news, it's not a guarantee after next season Chiesa's here in the long term. They're they're giving him an annual renewal for a reason. It's it's because they're trying to see in the next six months, hey, are you worth like a long big-term extension? You don't get an annual renewal like that if they think like, hey – we might be able to sell you. Like the whole point of giving the annual renewal is so they could be like, you know, let's see where we're at next summer. If an offer of 80 million comes in for Chiesa next summer and you know you have Yildiz and Sule on the bench, that's a tempting offer. It's like Vlaovic last summer. I'm not saying we should sell him, by the way, but I'm just saying like from the club's perspective, not knowing his long-term future, like that's another yeah. thing that comes to the equation, right? If Kiesa signs, then what? Okay, Kiesa signs extension, then what? I don't think that changes anything. If he signs an annual renewal, the point of the annual renewal is to is to be like, all right, we're seeing where we're at next summer. Yeah, so Sule gets sold next yeah. summer. Awesome. So you get- <laughs> <laughs> okay, 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 okay. okay. Sule will get sold next summer, but I'm just saying, like, to counter that, there is a there is an avenue where he could stay based on that. Like that's so. I don't think anyone's future is like set in the long term, except for maybe Bremer. Like I was literally going to say this. I think if you're talking yeah. untouchable, there's very, very few. And even those untouchable, if the right offer came along, you bet your ass Juve is going to consider. I don't think, yeah, I, don't I feel forget. like nobody's safe. But this question, if you had to sell a key 
Starting player for Juventus to raise money for the summer. Who do you choose? Lex. Oh, man. <laughs> What's, uh, so, like, key starting Okay, So, someone in the starting 11. Just pick a key player, even if, let's say, not start. But, obviously, a key guy is going to be in the starting 11. How about Kostic? Oh, yeah, okay. that'll bring in a bag of balls and a, and a can of <laughs> Never said how much they're going to bring in. You just said which one would you sell. Unless That's you get fair. a call from she Saudi Arabia. Kostich. Okay. okay. Here we go. <laughs> I, if, if we're serious about like a rebuild and we have the players, I will go to lose point. I would sell Chiesa because the, the funds that he would bring in, you could retool so many different things. So like you want to play the game? You want to play the money game? Kies is the one who's going to bring in the big money to retool multiple positions. What are you, Chelsea? I don't know if I trust our management enough to retool properly. That's always my oh, like apprehension yeah, about like, big sales. I'm like, I never feel like we end up. So it's like you take something super valuable, now you spread it across like multiple kind of semi valuable players. Maybe if it's like a one for one, if you bring in like a really strong midfielder or something in his exchange perhaps but i just i don't under i don't really believe in the spreading the wealth because i'm like not sure i trust us to do a good enough job i i think i think the easy one and there's a ton of reasons for it is you sell vlavich in the summer and the reason i think that happens now the reason i think that happens is because what he wants the contract wise and what juventus wants to give him contract wise are like they're like this far apart like he what he does his entourage does not want to take that salary cut, at least according to the reports. And I don't think Juventus think that he's worth, even though his performance was good yesterday, right? Then the the all around game, his goals don't like that ratio doesn't warrant that that twelve million bonus. So mm-hmm. I think like I think if they were gonna sell one player, that's it for like what it does to the budget, what it does to the wage bill. I think that's it. Yeah, Omar, you got to move uh, a key guy. Pick. Yes, he gets it. No, yeah. I'm with, I'm with Omar. Yeah. He's, it's well, it's the one position where we have a perfectly good substitute on the bench, and he can bring in a shit ton of money, and we save on a lot of wages. A shit ton, yeah, great. We sell him for what? He's 33 you, years old. Who the hell's going to buy him? What do you now? expect Tech to sell for? 90 million euros? <laughs> no, he I also he also he also recently just said that after his contract is up he wants to either retire or go to the MLS like what that's fantastic so we sell tech and we bring back Sturaru with that deal retool there um Omar, go ahead, please say something before i fucking lose my shit <laughs> no let let the pigeons do whatever pigeons do and we'll wait till the end of the year uh, well this wow, was a, te- a tech sale blockbuster there everybody okay listen just wait when we get that call from saudi arabia with I said this, uh, and I stand by it. Even if Vlaovic goes off for the second half of the season, it poses a problem with his salary. Um, For me, the answer to this is Vlaovic. Um, And it might suck because if he can start being what he was yesterday consistently, he's going to be a victim of the circumstances because those numbers have to change. Maybe if he's willing to extend that and bring it down, bring the number down, and he finishes the season playing consistently like he did yesterday, I might change my tune. Federico Chiesa, I don't know. Like, I love the guy. I think he's a beauty. I do think he's world-class talent. He has concerns for me with his fitness. 
Um, now there's a few instances after the injury where you're hearing, okay, he's got pain, he's injured, he's hurt, and the tests come back negative. It's just, it's weird. Um, I, I, I don't really know. Like, I don't want to see either one of them go. But if I had to make a call on one and let's say all things were equal, I'm probably going to keep Chiesa around and uh, move Vlaovic. That's just, that's just me. Don't you guys think too, uh, like that, like that's kind of the trend in Italy is like all these teams, like they, like the teams that like win the Scudetto, right? Like one big player has to go. And then, and then based on how good they are the next year is if they replace them like well on the market, right? you like Napoli had to get rid of Kim. Like Milan had to get rid of Tonali, right? Like even like Inter had to get rid of players after they won the Scudetto. Like it just yeah, not, yeah not, the finances not, are, and it's no, not going to get like, easier with the growth decree being like, uh, scrapped, right? So the growth decree being scrapped is not going to make things easier either, right? It's the yeah, reality. You got to balance all things. I think looking at, <laughs> at this Juventus, we need more versatility, and that's kind of how we have to do. It. If if Max is in fact going to finish out his contract <clears throat> to Ram last season. I said, bring to Ram to Ram could play anywhere across a front three. That's a versatile player. That's a type of guy we could use. Um, we went all out on Vlaovic and I thought we expected it to hit the ground running. He had a good start. And ever since it's been a lot of questions and a lot of changes. I think he's bought in now, but that doesn't change the contract. And that's the biggest problem, I think, around Vlaovic is the numbers. Because if he came in on a standard deal, which I think Juve should be operating at, around $40 million, would we care as much? No. His numbers would be mm -hmm. fine for it. His performance would be fine. He'd be closer to an actual value of what he's been representing in games. It's that money. It's that money that changes everything. And if he has... A strong finish if offers do come in can Juve risk not taking an offer if it comes in if he finishes strong I don't think they can afford can't. to not take it based on his salary if he's unwilling to work with that right you have to take it that's just the other thing I think too like in these cases right like Flavic and Chiesa both like your point Berto it's the same thing I was saying like it's about the salary like can you fit it into the budget if you're not going to act like like that like if you can't if you can't fit that into the budget, like unfortunately you're gonna have to go. Like it just that's 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 the reality of Juventus and their current financial situation, right? It's it's less about like what you do, it's like more about how you can fit into the budget, right? Like I think like yeah. even like for Rabio, like the his renewal concern is like not that like like it's will he renew at seven million? Like will he turn around and they win the league this year? He's like, hey, do I want ten? Right? Like if he renews at seven. They're like, hey, we can give you like two, three more years, right? But if you're asking for more than that, it's kind of a problem. Like, it, I think that's for a lot of players. It's that's the, that's the, what they're looking at. It's like, hey, where's your salary? Like, are you able to renew? I think that's why Tech stays around because like, the rumor with him is that he wants to renew at a lower salary. Yeah, and that and that's uh, a good point. I think they are going to get that uh, done. McKenny might be more sellable after this good season. He could. Values go mm -hmm. up, and again, things can change. Um, good, strong seasons from certain players. Like I said, I think everybody's fair play at Juve right now. I really, really do. Um, do Juve need to add in January, or are you good with the squad as it is to win the Scudetto? I think we need to add from uh, Tony Trim. I've been saying for a while I think we can do it with what we have, but I would feel 
even more confident if we find the right profile midfielder. That does not include Phillips or Hoiberg. And that's how uh, I feel. Luca, are we good enough to do it without? Do we need to add? Uh, I think we could add, but I stick to your point. Phillips and Hoiberg are not, I think, guys we need in this lineup at all. Yeah. Lex, do we need to add somebody? I don't think we need to, like you said. Um, I think if it's like, if it makes sense, if it's a smart move, like Luca mentioned a few names that I don't feel make sense, but if there's someone that makes sense in January that we could pick up, like, why not? But I don't think we necessarily need to. Okay. Lou? Uh, for January, I think, I, I come back and forth on this. I don't think we need anyone. I think the reason being is this team has a belief, right? It has a hunger, it has an attitude, right? Bringing in another component, even if it's a utility player like Hoiberg, I think messes with the team's kind of, I just don't want to mess with anything. I think I have more faith in like bringing guys from the next gen who like kind of already have that Juventus mentality. I'm not saying that the kids say everything, but the guys from the next gen that are coming up, that they have kind of what Juventus want to build. They're learning it at a young age, right? They're, they're kind of like when they step onto the training ground, they know what's expected of them. I'd rather go that and like play our cards because we're playing with free money, right? Inter's the favorite. We're playing with free money here. Like if we get close to the title, like the pressure isn't on us. It's on that. Like we're playing with free money. So I think hold your horses, get to the summer. We get Fajoli back. That's like a signing, right, for the midfield. That's a really talented player who had a year to rest and work on his game and kind of away from the spotlight. And then let's see where we're at. So that's, that's my kind of feeling. There you go. There you go. And Omar, myself, and Ant kind of answered this question yesterday in giving our percentages as far as confidence goes with or without adding somebody. Jace KP asking, how sad are you with Samardzic potentially going to Napoli? If it happens, no good on them. But uh, I have a feeling it's not uh, It's not going to go down. However, De Laurentiis is kind of... you go from a mid-table team to a mid-table team? That makes De no sense. De Laurentiis is kind of scrambling, though. He's kind of scrambling and like you finally see him like he kind of takes accountability but then again throws shade at other people and blame he, he while taking accountability also blames other people that he did not name so it's kind of hilarious but uh I think he's trying to do something to settle things with the fan base they're fired up at him he called himself out for bringing in Garcia uh Matsari was like it was like two back to back what the fucks but uh, I couldn't be happier about it. Lou, what I, the hell? I don't know. what I just went like that. And I thought you did that, bro. No. Like, <laughs> How the hell did that? Is it your birthday? No. What's happening? No. How, did just, How did you do that? Just How did you do that? Like, that? Apple software that it's like really has fucking fingers. Oh, like, what the hell? Oh, happy weird. birthday? Happy Maybe birthday. Year. The balloons happy birthday, Lou. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's my birthday. I'm 105. Did you chat use the force? Yeah. <laughs> Apparently, I like... Everyone else is not the drug podcast. you are looking yeah. for. Um, you you say, guys are easily impressed. About Sarma Dizic. If a player chooses <laughs> that, that this, it tells me everything I need to know about him as a player. Thank you, Omar. Yeah. There's better players out there. I kind of, I kind of feel that, but like I personally, I'll be honest, I would like Samardzic. Uh Samardzic yeah, and yeah. Sudakov, out yeah. of the guys we've been linked with, 
would be fantastic for us to pick up. I'm still okay if nobody comes in, okay? Uh, we got uh, <clears throat> Sev. Sev. Do you guys yeah. think Chiesa's best role is in a 4-3-3 like he plays with Team Italy? <clears throat> Omar. Oh, oh. oh, thank you. I don't have any balloons, but I'm trying to answer that. Um, you are birds. I mean, I'm a, I'm a big advocate for the 4-3-3. I've been talking about it since last season. But um, Juve are working great this season with the three defenders. So that's the last thing I would change right now. So I don't see any... And we've talked about it earlier with uh, one guy behind the strikers, but not like... Uh, two guys on the wings and one in the center. That's not what we want to see. So I wouldn't go that route yet because everything is working good. It ain't broke, so no reason to switch formation right now. Mm-hmm. Anth, best four three three for Chiesa? Oh yeah, hands down. He just he's just he's just so natural there. But again, Omer's a great point. Ain't broke, don't fix it. We won't see it this year. Yeah, Lou? Just this really annoys me. When did it become, when did players can only play one position? Like, is it his best position? Yes, but he looked great yesterday. Like, I don't understand. Weston McKinney occupies like four different roles. Does that mean he has a higher IQ than Chiesa? Like, what are we doing here? Like, it doesn't, you can't, players don't play one role their whole career. Cristiano Ronaldo was, he was a winger and then he was a striker. Messi, a number 10, but also played on the wing when they had Messi, Neymar, and Suarez. Like, these are great. If you're a great player, you could play goalkeeper and do well. Like, I hate this argument. I'm sorry. I think going off yeah, what you as well. You fired up. I, I love it. I love it. It just really that, hurts me. It really does. <laughs> I see it on the timeline all the time from the news feed. Like, it just Don't, don't annoy <laughs> the balloon guy. No, I agree. I agree. That's great. Lex? Like, players aren't, like you said, you're not, like, pigeonholed into that role. And, like, when you play a front three, it doesn't mean that, like, you have to, like, you stay in that spot on the field. Like, there's flow to the game. Like, players fill and replace. Like, you rotate, you switch in and out. Like, that's how the game is played. It's not played, like, there's not, like, some type of dividing line, right, that says this is where you play. So I think that with what we're doing right now, and we've spoken about this before, like, Keza seems to find himself in those positions, like he's been finding a way to get in that left half space where we see him excel. So I think that if we can use a three five two and we can get him in those areas where he's at his best, I think that that is just as effective. Is he the best on the wing in a front three? Yes, but if we're trying to we're basically morphing our three five two where we can get him in those areas anyways, then I think he's been dangerous regardless. Like Luke yeah. pointed out. Luke, I, I, Lou is right. I, I agree with it 100%. Uh, I think there are a lot of players. I mean, if you can't adjust to a new position, you're not going to be a world-class player. I'm sorry, that was uh, James Rodriguez's issue and Isco's issue. That's even part of Dybala's issue, where it just there's one position where he's good at and the rest is just useless. Um, and now I, I get that there are players that are not compatible with a different player and kind of occupy the same space, like... Pellegrini and Dybala, for example, but I fully disagree that players can play multiple roles. I think it's a necessity in today's football. I know that that's something scouts are looking for because I've talked to scouts and I asked what's the main goal, multiple possessions and playing right foot and left foot. That's like a must for every player as a youngster. 
So I agree with Lou. There's no one position. Yield it, for example, right? Yield it has like the skill set of a number 10, right? But the number 10 in modern football isn't really there anymore. It's kind of like a, a died out breed. So like yeah. at some point, Yildiz is going to have to either be a second striker or he's going to have to be a, a number eight, at least for the time being, until the thing <clears throat> comes back. Yeah, That's part of his development, right? Like that's part of like becoming a great player. If you're a great player, you can do those roles. Yeah. Luca, what do you feel about this uh, debate on positions and players? My answer is a bit of a mix of a multiple here. It's I agree with Omar in the sense that we shouldn't touch our back line. It's it's in full effect right now, and we're getting the best out of three guys. So don't change that back three. I do think Chiesa might be better in a three-man forward, but I I personally think what he shows with the Azzurri just depends on who's around him. I mean, you're comparing Di Marco behind him and who's playing on the left nowadays in Italy uh, in the midfield. I mean, already just, just an Italian midfield is way superior than like he's got Rabio with Juventus. So I think just who Kies is around with the Azzurri and how they build kind of around him, it just allows him to play infinitely different than he when he is at Juventus. I think that's the only reason we see him do better there. Not because of the formation, mostly because of the players and how they support him. That's my thought. But I do think he would be I, better in a 4-3-3. I, I think that's a, that's a really good like point. It's too, like if you're talking about the Azuri versus Juventus, right? Like our Juventus' strong point is yeah. their defense. Right, like that's mm-hmm. they build from their strong point. The Azuri, like they're kind of a crapshoot, right? So like you, the way they play, they have to attack a little bit more because they're just not a really good defensive team. They got a bag exactly. of goals. They're desperate yeah. for them. So yeah. I think a lot more responsibility. Like when it comes big- to players, like the reality is, every player has a natural role. Okay, every player has a natural role. Lex, you have a natural role. Okay. You play, I'm sure there's a role where you're like, yeah, this is for me and you love it. Doesn't mean you can't play other roles and be effective. I think that's what separates certain players. And what separates it is not ability, not talent, not, but some just have a higher like understanding or IQ, but it can be taught in other positions. You can learn to play another position, right? But it is that separation between someone that understands the game in multiple roles and what's required, but it also has a lot to do with how you grew up. If you grew up playing predominantly one, you know, set of positions, say right across the back line, you're going to have a better understanding and ability there. than you will all of a sudden thrown on later on in later stages up higher. Having said that, having said that, with Federico Chiesa, I am not sharing this belief that he can't excel in a second striker role as he can a winger role. And the reason is, again, we're talking about groupings. We're talking about attacking roles. We're talking about defense. It's not like we're asking this guy to play as a fullback. We did that one year. He excelled, by the way. A wingback, we'll say. Yeah, uh, but <laughs> but it's not a drastic difference okay if you're a forward i expect you to understand all the forward roles and be able to play that and i think that's fair this thing with the 4-3-3 and him as a second striker it's kind of nonsense to me he drifts to where he believes the action's going to be where guys he can link up the match that can be also played right wing back last 
Chiesa actually spent the majority of his time on the right side because he understood that he could get one twos off Cambiasso and they tried to make something work together. He's not pigeonholed to one side. I think with Chiesa, <clears throat> it's more so, and we saw it yesterday, not positionally where he is, it's situationally that makes him appear to be way more effective than what's going on with Juve. Yesterday, we saw him get into space and we were actually able to find him in those spaces with opportunities to do what he does best, which is run at defenders. It's a situational thing with Chiesa. With the Azzurri, based on kind of how they play, but the ability out of the midfield to find him more frequently in those moments makes him appear to be thriving in this setup when in actuality if the Azzurri were to play two they have midfielders that can find him more frequently in those scenarios and with relative ease even in yesterday's game we saw switch fields that were being called for by Rabio in the midfield acres of space nobody had the wherewithal to just switch that fucking field beyond him you had Federico Chiesa with fucking acres and acres of space to, he would have just probably blown the roof off the place if we could have found that ball. And Rabio recognized it and lost his mind because nobody could first find him. It's not so much positions, it's situations for me personally. But but I will add, Chiesa will have to learn how to adapt because football changes. Every five to seven years, the game changes a bit. And 20 years ago, everyone had to have an attacking midfielder and now everyone needs a defensive midfielder. And I didn't have Mandzukic as a winger on my bingo card, but he adapted. And players do that all the time because what managers want changed. John Stone was a defender. Now he's a defensive midfielder. <clears throat> players need to have that ability. This guy, Del Piero, did he play the same role his entire career with Italy, with Juventus? Never. Pirlo started as an attacking midfielder. He only moved to like a defensive one under a contest. So... Players need to do that because football changes and you can never know what's going to be the next big thing. And JSKP comes in here saying, adapting to a different role is not only an intelligence matter. His best ability is speed. That makes him less useful in crowded spaces. But Jace, if we're going to play a 4-3-3 or how we're set up now, 3-5-2, that's going to happen regardless if a team is smart. Like when Bologna played us and they set up their, their width to shut that down. So whether we're in 4-3-3 or 3-5-2, his speed might not be utilized given the game. And that's where it becomes understanding everything else as an attacker, how to, and he's going to have to do that. We can't expect him to always just have acres of space and be able to blow the roof off the place with his speed. Way has got a ton of speed. He can't always use it. I, I, I want to add and he's to this. not going to be fast forever. I want to add to this too, um, you know, like, so, we say they're like fair point the way Juventus play though because everyone's so lost in the, like the the numbers and the formations the way Juventus play we don't have a lot of the ball we counterattack a lot we're not a possession-based team like that's not that's not how we operate so Chiesa shouldn't have to worry about that because he's running downhill in open space that that's most of what Juventus is playing they're counterattacking. that's how we like score goals so like it shouldn't really be a problem because he's not running into slow spaces he's running into open space yeah. Like, I, I just don't understand it. Like, I think, honestly, it's just, and I've said this about Fede uh, a while, and 
it's more so the struggle is not where he is and us not playing a 4-3-3. It's the fact that there's not guys out there with the quality to be able to play the one-twos quick enough that understand how to really get this guy going. He tried to find it with Cambiasso, and Cambiasso has that wherewithal. Vlaovic tries. He tries those one-twos, but it, it's difficult for the big man to do it. You get an advanced midfielder in there, and this is why I say maybe Yildiz can be somebody that he they can lean off one another and do that with. We start to have have to have a lot of faith in the young guys. But it's a great discussion. Awesome one. We are going to wrap things up there, guys. The New Year's upon us. We got to take a second. I got to take a second to thank everybody in the team. Um, you guys, uh, all your contributions uh, never goes uh, unnoticed. You guys are amazing. Okay. We made uh, great, great leaps and we're going to make uh, even bigger ones in 2024. So I thank you. Everybody that does uh, all the work for the news, especially Lou pulling the heavy weight there. Uh, I appreciate it. Thank you very much. I'm sure everybody out there appreciates it as well. For the AJC Army, you guys are the absolute best. And a uh, big shout out to all the official fan clubs, um, the support that they've given us, the faith and confidence in naming us the official channel for North America. It's amazing. And they do so much in bringing all Juventini closer to the club. Find one closest to you. If you need one, uh, need help finding one, reach out. Even worldwide. I know the fan clubs in uh, Serbia are fantastic. Um, literally worldwide. But Australia, we get a ton of support from Australia. And there's an mm -hmm. incredible group there. JCD Melbourne Gigi Buffon Official Fan Club. And uh, again, okay, Rick Alzi. That's his YouTube handle. Comes into the watch along yesterday and again gives 10 AJC memberships. All right. Guy's an absolute legend. I believe that's 35 total memberships he's gifted within the past month. Okay. So show some love to the fan clubs. But you guys are incredible and uh, we've got big things planned for the next year and we couldn't have done it without all of you. I hope you've all enjoyed your holiday season and I wish you all the best in the new year. And, uh, wow, they say, uh, they say better late than never, okay? Uh, they say better late than never. It's not the bald guy. It's not the bald guy. Is it Cliff? Oh, that would be an amazing end of the year. Uh, hold on, hold on. We gotta, we gotta make room for this. Uh, we were supposed to end on good elements, not bad ones. <laughs> Joey Cappuccino wow, oh just God, in time God. for the goodbyes. How was your sister's wedding? Congratulations to her, by the way. Did you enjoy yourself, Joe? You're muted. And he's on mute. Guys, you're, and and so you're on mute. Epic fails. Yeah, I did. I enjoyed myself maybe a little too much, guys. <laughs> That's, well, hey, that's the voice of are for. lost their soul to booze last night. <laughs> yeah, you know that all too well. Hey, just don't, just don't be a softy and bail out on the festivities tonight, okay? Uh, enjoy yourself. <laughs> uh, take care, everybody. Happy New Year's. But, uh, yeah, to my team, you guys are the best, and I can't thank you enough. If anybody else has uh, anything else to say, fire away. This is our uh, our goodbye moments to 2023, all right? I just want to say to all the uh, all the supporters, like, I appreciate all the engagement with the news. Like, I love seeing you guys' comments. 
you can question all of it. So uh, it makes it fun for me to do the news when you guys are in the comments. Even if you're like, this rumor is ridiculous. Like, it's funny. Like, so like, please, uh, on behalf of the AJC supporters, thank you. And I look forward to spreading more news in 2024. There we go. There we go. Sure. Lex is now an Allegri believer. Okay. So we found that out today, Joe. Oh, no. Wow. No way. Yeah, I never thought that would happen. Yeah. Oh, Lex yeah. and I have a fan of 2023. She's an Allegri fan. And Joe, not only did you miss that, but you missed Lou acknowledging it was 1-0 yesterday and number 25 scored. He has dropped the agenda live today. It happened. And you're not dreaming, buddy, and you're not still hammered. This happened, yeah, yeah, okay? Yeah. This I happened. might still be drunk, but you're sober. <laughs> Fantastic. Oh you guys, uh, all the best. Happy Thank New you. Year's. Enjoy yourselves and do so safely. We'll see you in the new year when Juve's ready to uh, add number 39. Believe, everybody. Cheers. Believe. <laughs> Fino alla fine. Forza Juventus. Happy New Year. Take care, everybody. Ciao. Set Happy New Year. Yeah.